Does your company have your back? I mean, really have your back. I ask because in this episode, we sit with Holly Wright. She is the VP of Corporate Marketing at AppFire, and we talk about how their company has built a culture that truly has each other's back. Holly, in this episode, tells us about when she went on mat leave and beforehand how her company actually gave her a promotion before she went on mat leave. And we get into more about how they handle career progression, how they pay their remote staff, everything. I loved hearing about Holly's experience, how she's grown her marketing team and evolved her leadership style as the team has gone from one to three to 10 to now close to 50 marketers. And I loved hearing about AppFire and how they treat their team. So I think you're going to love this one, especially if you are, you know, in the management role yourself looking to improve how your company accelerates and moves people down career tracks and or runs a remote team. And two, if you're looking for a new gig and you're like, hey, I want to work for a company that values me outside of just the gig. Hey, this might be a cool company to go check out in AppFire. But before we get into the episode, this is the Mind Your Marketing podcast. And I'm your host, Jordan Shelton. The show is put on by our agency, Cave. And you can check us out at cavesocial.com. And if you want the exact system that we use to create content for brands around North America, go to cavesocial.com slash system. You'll be able to grab that today. All right. Now let's sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. What's going on, my marketing people? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. Today, joining me is Holly Wright. She is the VP of Corporate Marketing at AppFire. Holly, how you doing? Doing great. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you here. Let's not waste any time. Let's jump in. You were the first marketing hire at AppFire, and AppFire has how many employees today? A little over 600. <laughs> okay. So let's just say things. We've been growing. You've been growing at AppFire. That's safe to say. Walk me through your kind of career path. Was You've been there for six years, but before that, were you always in marketing? Was marketing always the plan or did you... Yeah. How did you find your way um, into this role? Yeah, good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a winding path. I actually thought I would be an architect. I went to Georgia Tech, um, eventually decided I wanted to design consumer products and studied industrial design. And one of my older friends was like, hey, why don't you just take some marketing classes just for fun? And I was like, yeah, that sounds like a safe idea. Let's do that. And it turned out to be a really good decision. And I found out I really enjoyed marketing. And you know, my senior year, not to date me, they came out with the iPhone. So industrial design was basically dead after that anyway. So yeah, my first job after college and some of my internships were in marketing. And I did go back and get my MBA since I didn't have that well-rounded business education. And I was lured into the uh, idea of investment banking. So I did have a slight one-year detour into investment banking, which made me painfully and also blissfully aware that marketing was where I really wanted to be. What I also learned from my experience there was that the tech space was just absolutely fascinating to me and I wanted to be in the software and technology space. So yeah, prior to AppFire, the two you know bigger roles I had before this were one, leading and growing a marketing team at a B2B enterprise uh, content management software company called Hannon Hill in Atlanta, led a small team there. And then I built out an email marketing division at an e-commerce agency. And while I was working there, that's when I met one of the AppFire co-founders and I was recruited to come here. I love it. So you get into AppFire, your marketing hire one. Now you said there's roughly 50 marketers on the team. Now, as you've progressed and you get to the VP role and you start to 
not only responsible for getting your hands dirty and doing the creative and you know handling the partnerships, doing the emails, you've got teams and the team evolves and it goes from just you to three to seven to 10 to you know, 15, 20 marketers. Walk me through that experience and any nuggets that you have for someone who maybe is at a fast growing company right now and is like, whoa, I went from handling our event organization to now I'm managing three people who manage the events that then I have corporate partnerships. And then, you know, like as it's really evolved, what have the learnings been as you've started to manage different team sizes? Like, is there anything that you can really pull out from that you think that might be useful to others in that situation? I think so. I mean, we've gone through so many iterations and the team has evolved so much over the years. My first year here, after I met Matt Gavin, one of our co-founders, he was like, I want you to come in. I want you to do this by yourself for a year and just you know, learn everything, do it all yourself. I know you've been managing people, but I, I just want you to take a chance here and do it by yourself and then build your team. And so not everyone has the luxury to spend a year doing everything by themselves and really understanding the business. But that was really valuable in my experience. After that, I actually had a baby. And when I came back from maternity leave, Matt and our CEO, our other co-founder, Randall Ward, were both like, things are going great. You can hire four people now. And I was kind of like, okay, that's very exciting news. Everyone wants to come back from maternity leave with a super exciting mission like that. There's really no better experience coming back from maternity leave and just being able to dive right into like something super exciting like that. So I hired two product marketing managers because we have a bit of a portfolio of products. I hired a web developer slash graphic designer and I hired a digital marketing specialist. And so between us, and then we also had somebody on the team who came on full time to help with uh, video. And that was pretty awesome. And we had someone part time who was doing events spanning another team. So we kind of went overnight, I mean, really over about three or four months from having really me to having a team of seven people. One of the first things that I did that I think was hugely beneficial was I got everybody together in person. And we've been in the US, AppFire has been a remote first company in the US since the beginning, 17 years ago. We've always been remote here in the US. And so that was also a change for me when I joined here thinking about, well, how do I interview someone remotely? This was pre-pandemic, so it wasn't normal to do Zoom interviews. <laughs> you all had the systems locked and loaded by the time the we pandemic did. We were ready in that sense. <laughs> we were ready. But yeah, so I interviewed all these people. I hired someone out of someone in Kentucky, somebody in Colorado, somebody in California, and somebody in Michigan. And then we had someone in Boston, two people in Boston. So, um, and I'm in Atlanta. So our team was everywhere. We were in pretty much every time zone in the US. And it was interesting, but luckily, and this was before the pandemic, I was able to set up a team event and get everybody together for like a, a marketing workshop and just get to know each other, learn, learn about each other, think about how we want to drive the team together and work together. And share some things with each other about our different areas of expertise. And I was able to bring in a few different experts from other companies to talk to us and, and motivate us and sort of pep everybody up on different things. So Very cool. I, I think getting that in-person gathering was was really helpful. I like that. And I want to go back to ask you, because you said a couple of things in there that I want to dig deeper in. So one, congratulations on having a kid. Oh, thanks. <laughs> but what's fascinating about that is I've spoken with a... A lot of women 
off air who said they feel nervous coming back from mat leave. They wonder if they're going to not lose their position, but if they're going to be sidestepped for promo, Mm -hmm. all of that pressure. And then combined with like, hey, I'm caring for my, you know, I'm building a family. I'm caring for my kid. Like this is priority numero uno is at home (laughs) here in my arms. Like, you know, (laughs) it's easy for things to, for that pressure to be kind of like a lot. So I'm curious, did the company articulate that to you before Matt leave? Like, hey, go, we're so pumped for you when you come back. Like, was that a clear path? Was that pressure there? Was it when you came back, they said, amazing, go hire, build the team. Like, let's keep rocking and rolling. Walk me through (laughs) that because I just love to know, yeah, yeah, your experience from that sitting, you know, in a more senior role. Yeah, I mean, there were a few things going on that led to that shift. So it wasn't completely out of the blue, but the scale of the team that they let me build right off the bat was greater than I was expecting. So I thought it was going to be a bit slower, like one person here, one person there and and grow a bit more gradually. I wasn't surprised that it was time to build the team when I got back. That was kind of part of the plan from when I got back from attorney leave. And that was something I was looking forward to. But I didn't expect it to be quite so many people all at once. But yeah, actually... Maternity leave is a very stressful time for a lot of people. And there are so many feelings that go into it beforehand, during, like right before you go back, right when you get back. And even months later, when you're like looking back and you're like, gosh, that was hard, you know? (laughs) So I've actually had two babies while I've been here at App Fire and they've been so good to me. We have fully paid maternity leave for moms that go out. We have. We actually have 13 weeks of paternity leave for men who go out to help with their babies. And so super supportive environment here. It's a little hard to keep count now, but our founders on every all hands meeting used to have a baby counter slide where they would like anytime anyone had a baby, it was like, got to look at the baby counter and add another baby. You know, so like it's a very supportive environment. But yeah, I mean, I going on maternity leave the first time was one experience because I was the marketer. You know, it was just me. There were certain things I I pre-scheduled three months worth of email campaigns to go out while I was away. (laughs) I set up a whole bunch of automated nurture series to run while I was away. And we'd made some other decisions that we thought would help grow the business while I was away. And all of those, you know, worked out great. The second time I went on maternity leave, it was very different. We had a lot more people here. I had at that point, about a dozen people on my team. We'd had a number of acquisitions that we were trying to sort out and figure out how the teams are going to work together or integrate. And right before I went on maternity leave the second time, I was director of marketing here. And, you know, we'd had some ongoing discussions about this VP path. And I think they easily could have waited till I got back from maternity leave. My promotion came with a very generous salary increase. And they made it happen before I went on maternity leave. And I thought that was a really nice move, <laughs> you know, by our, awesome. by our executives to, to be like, look, Holly, you deserve this. You've worked so hard. Like, we're going to go ahead and make you VP now. Your, your whole, like, whole time you're on maternity leave, you're going to get your new salary. And it was just, I mean, that was a really good feeling going into maternity leave the second time, just knowing that they appreciated me and saw my value and On the other hand, just thinking about my team members and what it was like for them while I was on leave, I also looked at that as a huge opportunity for them. Like no matter how much you try to champion your employees and promote them and serve as internal PR for your best people, like there's always a little bit of a barrier when you've got a leader on top of you between you and the boss. And so what was cool when I went on maternity leave was, you know, I had a couple people on my team who were just 
super high performers. And I was like, look, you're going to be in charge of these things and you're going to be in charge of these teams and you're going to get a lot more visibility in these roles like while I'm away because you're going to be working directly with our CEO on these projects. And I think that was a really good opportunity for them, but it didn't feel threatening to me. It was just good for them. You know, that's, that's really cool. There's a couple of things. One, I bet you AppFire has a longer uh employee retention length than other companies. I'm going to go out on a limb and just put my, uh, say that based on it. I wish like, I had a stat for you on the spot for that, but absolutely. Yes. Yeah. We've had almost nobody churn out of app fire marketing that's, and that, fire as a whole is, yeah. That makes so much sense to me because when you treat people right, oh, big surprise. They want to be part of that and they believe in the mission. And like, it sounds like you're like, yeah, like this company actually has my back. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, they want to see me progress. They're giving me promotions before I go on Matt Lee. Like all those things that you don't hear about in the news and you know, you always hear about the other side of it. So that's really cool. Now I do want to shift gears a little bit. So when you came, you come back and you're tasked with, you know, hiring the team and the team has grown the regional component and regional hiring. I'm very interested on two things that maybe you know, if AppFire has been remote from day one, maybe you could catch up some of these companies and managers listening to this who, you know, are newly remote, like even my team, my team, we went full remote this past March, you know, we went for COVID, came back to the office, realized everybody was on Zoom calls at the office. We're like, what are we doing? (laughs) But I'm just curious about, so one, regional hiring and comp structures. If it's like, is there like the best way to handle that on like, okay, hey, you're out of Alabama, but it's flat pay for everybody across, you know, like there's a flat band for everybody is one part. And then two, like career track and career advancement and moving to executive, like people getting promotions and moving up. And I've seen a lot of articles lately be like, that's impossible without face to face. And I'm like, I don't buy that. So <laughs> so I'm curious to, on like how you see one regional hiring and like being transparent with comp to people. Because I think that's something that, you know, marketing managers, marketing directors, VPs, we can all kind of struggle with sometimes on like, well, what's the right thing to do? And then two, like giving people the career tracks or ensuring that, hey, it's not just your task and go off with your laptop and come back when they're done. Like if there are not safeguards, but checks in place, everybody's, like you said, flying to meet together. Okay, everyone, we're having a Friday brainstorm with all the Zoom windows up. Like those are the two things that kind of jump out to me that I'm really curious about. Okay, so starting with on the comp side, just thinking about being distributed and remote and, you know, regional differences in cost of living. (laughs) We have a very global team now, and we don't have flat comp across the whole company. That's not something we're doing because the cost of living varies wildly Mm -hmm. (laughs) across countries. Um, Of course, just speaking within the U.S., um, I assume a lot of your listeners are in the U.S. There's, I would say there are a few places where cost of living is much, much higher. And for the most part, I think I actually at this time right now don't have a lot of people in those like extremely high cost of living cities. But for the most part, those are kind of the exception. And most people in other areas are getting paid as if they're in like a, you know, medium to high cost of living urban area. (laughs) You know what I mean? So the person who lives in rural Kentucky is not getting paid less than the person who lives in Philadelphia. You know, like we're not not getting paid less just because they live in Kentucky. So that's one thing that I'll mention. And I've got some interesting stories there, but I don't know if I should get into them. But like one story I find kind of interesting. When I was hiring my first two product marketing managers, I hired two at the same time. And one of them had asked for a certain amount of salary during their interview process. And we hired them first. And then they negotiated and we ended up at a certain amount. And then we hired the second one like a month later. 
and that person asked for significantly less and they didn't live in a cheaper area by any means. It wasn't really a regional thing, but I, you know, had some philosophical discussions with our leadership and I'm like, what do we do here? Are we, you know, and I was, this was just a lesson I'll take everywhere, but they, I feel like they did the exact right thing. And they were like, all right, Holly, we're going to pay them the same amount. Like it's the same job. They're going to do the same job. They have same qualifications. We're not going to lowball them just because they didn't ask for more. That's not the right thing to do. And so that was a really good, just lesson in doing the right thing that that I really appreciate it and I'll take with me forever. I guess moving on to your second question, I think there are a lot of different factors that go into that. And when I see people talk about that on social media, it does get me kind of mad mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, because mm-hmm. I'm like, no, that's not right. You know, if it's managed the right way, you can absolutely have a strong career track and career progression at a remote company. And I've got example after example on my team, people I've hired who have gone on to do really great things here. So so yeah, it's definitely not the case at every company. I think it makes a difference though. Like one reason we've been able to embrace, facilitate, you know, champion, make sure people do have these career paths is everyone's remote. And so it's not as though there are six people going into the office every day, getting all that FaceTime and two people dialing in for calls every once in a while. It's not like that. So I'm not saying that every company should be fully remote. But in our case, the fact that we are fully remote sort of puts everybody on equal footing. So that I think helps a lot at our company. I mean, there are people on my team, I, someone, one of my very first hire who um, I hired as an email marketing specialist, went on to be digital marketing specialist, and now he's on the channel management team as a channel manager. I hired um, that graphic designer web developer. He went and worked on the product design team for a year, and now he's our creative director, and he has a team of like a, like 12 people under him. That product marketing manager that I hired is now director of product marketing and leads a fantastic team. Someone I hired as a marketing program manager became marketing operations manager and has a handful of people under her. So there are a lot of people here that, I mean, we intentionally, and I say we, because it wasn't just me, like I had a lot of help and, and mentorship along the way, but you know, those early hires were very intentionally looking for people who had the character and the desire and the yeah ability to be leaders, future leaders here. And so that's been very intentional on our part. I love that. And I love to, you know, it's one of those things and you said it, right? It's kind of like, which I think is true is there's no one size fits all approach. You got to build your systems and do what's going to work for you. So I love that you all have been able to do that and build the remote team. And we're trying to do the same thing in our company, you know, our agency. And I think a lot of other companies are, you know, testing those waters. Others are like, nah, I need FaceTime. Okay, you got to do what works for you. Well, on that FaceTime topic, if I could jump in with one more thing there. I I know I said like, oh, it was so great that, you know, four or five years ago, I got to bring that initial team together. And it was, but there are a lot of other things you can do when you're onboarding remote employees besides getting together in person. And we obviously went through all of that during COVID. We, you know, in October, 2019, was the last time we had the entire marketing team together in person. And I hope we'll have another gathering, but it's a little harder to organize 50 people. But yeah, October 2019 is the last time we had everyone together in person. But we have a lot of other systems in place that we have when people join remotely to say, we give them a checklist of like, make sure you schedule 20 minute meet and greets with these 15 people in your first couple of weeks. We have a lot of like learning materials and a a Trello board that people go through to learn about the company, to learn about the different teams, to learn what everyone does. And, you know, we have Slack channels that are dedicated to certain hobbies and and interests that people share. And so getting to know somebody, I just had a meet and greet with a new team member 
the other day and we were talking about how much he likes board games and I love board games. And I was like, hey, are you a member of the Fun Games channel in Slack? And he was like, I didn't even know about that. And so these little meet and greets, like they aren't just getting FaceTime for 20 minutes, but you can really introduce somebody to, you know, 10 other people in the organization even across the globe that they might share interests with. And so there are a lot of things you can do to get your new remote employees to have that FaceTime or like get ingrained in the culture. I love it. Yeah, to bring people together, right? Find the interest and and go forward. Holly, before I let you go, let people know, one, where can they learn about AppFire? And two, where can they connect with you online? Yeah, appfire.com. We also have a great website, hub.appfire.com, that just has a lot of resources on enterprise collaboration software like the Atlassian Suite and, and related tools. And then just to find me, I'm um, Holly Go Rightly on Twitter and Holly Wright on LinkedIn at AppFire. And yeah, if I can plug it, AppFire's hiring. <laughs> We're hiring a lot of people right now. So uh, come on. <laughs> you guys heard it there first. Go check out uh, appfire.com, see the positions they have. Well, Holly, thanks again so much for coming on today. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This is so much fun. All right, everybody, that's it for this episode. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton, and I'll catch you next time.